again. Hello. This is Maddie and Kat. Hi. Our uh, second recording of our podcast, Balls in Your Court. We hope you liked listening to the first one, if you did listen. Um, we're back again uh, a few weeks later. So um, we're just going to continue on the format, the way that we were doing it the first time, where the ball will be in one of our courts, and we'll just be chatting. Yep, we'll talk until we stop. Yeah. How has your week been, Maddie? How has my week been? Well, it's been fine, really. I'd say pretty uneventful. Um, the previous week, I went to see the new James Bond. Nice, I did see that. What did you think of it? Um, so, oh, don't want to spoil it. No, no, no spoilers. Okay, no spoilers. Surprise that happened at the end. Yeah, big surprise, but... They don't have chemistry, though. Mm, I didn't think they have chemistry. Oh, I think Madeline flat. is stunning. She is, but she would never go out with James Bond. He's no. too English. He's she was so really old. He is also very old. Like, very, very well-toned. Yeah. Like, great body. Good for his age. Clearly in his 50s, you know? Yeah. I think, I think if you compare him in No Time to Die, which is the one that has just come out, if you compare that to Casino Royale, he his crumbling. first film, it's, it has been a downward trend. Skyfall was pretty good. That was the third film. Yeah. Um, but I think this... I, I thought it was a good way to end his kind of foray into James Bond. Yes, yeah, um, and Craig, Craig David, what's his name? Uh, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. His name's yes. Daniel Craig. No, what I mean is, it, regardless of the film, he said that this was going to be his last film, whatever happens. He did say that last time, though, I will say. He but did. But this is definitely his last and film. And then they offered him a fuck ton of money. They did. It's funny how that changes things. Hmm. Um, but this time, it kind of was like, no, it's going to be his last film. So they're going to, if they do more James Bonds, which I'm sure they will because it makes money, they will have to start a whole new storyline, which I, is fine. I didn't like the palette of the film. Okay. It was very grey. It was great and you know it's grey outside it was I don't dark go see a film that is honestly it's hard to see it's yeah. just like very grey and like black and I don't know no I totally agree the whole time while I was watching it I, I, I thought like... it was very exciting it was yeah and like enjoyable as it a film it was a film. good standard James Bond film I'm like you kind of have to like leave your politics by the door mm-hmm. and just be like okay gonna forget that that happened yeah. and just sort of accept that that's what it is but I did think that there's something wrong with the lighting the, the whole colors. time it was really dark to invest in you know some electricity yeah some some electricity some lighting <laughs> a little bit of lighting maybe the sun yes they should have got the sun they did um yeah so that's kind of um I, I don't really think you know just I've just had a pretty sound week really um what about you how's your week been oh, it's been up and down I mean I lost my voice on Monday and Tuesday or I wasn't actually totally losing it mm-hmm. I it was so painful and then I have to speak a lot in my job mm-hmm. um and it was painful to do the one thing that I get paid to do yes um so that made it was a bit of a barrier um, and then later on, I it's, it has gone better though. Today, I went for a nice walk with a friend I made last Ooh, week. That sounds creepy. Go do tell. <laughs> yeah, I was walking home um, from the train station, and I went through this park that's near my house. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of these like very cute sort of woodlandy kind of like cherry trees, um, like woodland parks. And there was this girl there just like feeding these squirrels some hazelnuts. Okay, and I was like that looks fun so I just sort of started chatting to her mm-hmm. like sort of had a segue of oh like what are you doing <laughs> and then what we just started what are you doing <laughs> and then we just started talking um when I say this out loud I do actually sound 
quite insane. But not um, necessarily. You just sound, you sound like you're in some kind of like um like like you're in Narnia. <laughs> no, I was thinking more like a pixie, like uh yeah, I was just floating through this. Yeah, woodland. and then I Look saw here. somebody with some hazelnuts <laughs> yeah. and talking to yeah, some waiters with the squirrels talking. They were not. They were not. They were not. No, they would be very Disney. They were mute, but um okay. Yeah. So is this girl our age? She's twenty nine. Okay. She, um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't just like some. It wasn't man. Like a, or it wasn't like a fourteen-year-old girl. <laughs> no. Oh my god, no. It was an adult woman. An adult woman. Okay. An adult Italian woman. Nice. Um, and she just seemed really nice. And I was just in one of those moods. I was like, I had just walked through the park. It was really sunny. I was like, being free, feeling mm-hmm. fun. And I was like, I, I also just love to talk to people yeah. on the street. Or okay. Not just on the street. Anywhere in public. I just, I quite like. That's very people. uncommon, you know. Is it? Especially in, there's this whole stereotype that people in London, especially, yeah. don't ever talk to people, other people who they don't know, you know, like on the tube, on the bus, yeah. and, you know, that we're all very unfriendly. I don't actually think that I'm that unfriendly. Like, I will always, it's harder now with masks, but I used to always, like, smile at people. Just give them or, like, eye contact. Now I just stare at them <laughs> yeah. and hope that they can see. You know how so you... lean forward a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so look overbearing, basically. Yeah. Um, you know how they say that you can, you have to try and learn how to smile with your eyes? Yeah, I'm you know, I've tried oh to do god. that in front of the mirror before, and I'm just not really sure that I can do it. Oh my god, okay, so when I used to work in a pub, mm. I was told that I need to smile more, and I just hate... Was it by men? It was by men. Ugh, fucking men. God. Um, but I just, I suck at smiling when I don't mean it. I'm just a very genuine person. If you get a smile from me, it's probably gonna be real. But anyway, so they told me that I need to smile more, and I was like, oh, it just feels really unnatural, like, smiling. I feel like I look, like, very fake when I, like, try to smile with my teeth, or, like, even just like a mm, it looks kind of sarcastic mm-hmm. um so then i thought okay i looked actually up online like how do you have a na- how do you make a natural smile like without actually really meaning it then that's kind of like an oxymoron like yeah it's like contradictory how you looked up online how yeah. to have <laughs> a natural smile you did how to have a thought i guess <laughs> how to have a fake smile that looks natural yeah um and part of it was um when you smile like your eyes like sort of squint a little bit if you're mm-hmm. really smiling and i thought okay how about i drop the smile of my mouth but do the eyes thing okay just to see if that works (laughs) so instead so and I thought this was working really well. It's like, great, I feel like maybe I'm getting this, I don't have to properly smile, but I'll use my eyes to smile. Um, and then I turned around, there's mirrors behind the till, and I literally was doing, oh, no one can see this. I was just squinting at people, like yeah. giving them like evils, like screwing them. Yeah. Um, and I realised that's not how you smile. You just have to actually use your mouth muscles, yeah. not just your eyes. No, I think it's maybe a combination of both. It is. Did we get on to smiling Um, We were talking about how you met this friend in the park. Oh yeah, yeah. So I didn't so smile. We, I didn't I didn't smile at her like that. Digresses. I mean, we digressed. (laughs) I Um, gave her a proper one with my mouth muscles. A proper smile. And I said hello. Wow. Um, And we just got to talking because I like nature and trees and she was feeding hazelnuts. Did you do geography? I did. Did you do geography? I did do geography. Oh my god. Oh my god, look at us, geographers. Okay. So then we just chatted for like 45 minutes about trees, about life. We were just like vibing and I was like, do you know what? A bit bold. Also worried that maybe, and I 
have talked about that actually in a second actually maybe she thought I was flirting but it didn't have that vibe at all mm. but um I was like do you want to hang out on Sunday I can take you to this other cool park because we were like talking about just like green spaces in London and just how so many parks in London are just so shit like mm. they're just like so such like open plains and you can see like the streets like you, I don't like any kind of park where you can just see it all mm-hmm. I need some adventure I need some sort mm-hmm. of you know unexpected little corner a little mm-hmm. burrow yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and not many parks in London I feel have that sort of adventure kind of feel mm-hmm. and this park did and another park um, in Stoke Newington called Abney Park also mm-hmm. has that kind of feel like it's a cemetery that was turned into almost a bit of like a forested sort of area and it's just you kind of get lost in it you get to make, make lots of decisions about which way you want to go it's not very obvious like you walk on this um, path and that's it mm-hmm. um, and so I was like do you want to come to this park with me we can mm-hmm. actually look at nice trees and we did and it was actually really nice okay um, so I really enjoyed that um, one thing that I am worried about is when I make new friends and especially if it's like sort of like a one-on-one kind of friendship and it's not really from a kind of like community thing mm-hmm. I'm I always get awkward at the moment that I have to say that I'm gay right okay because I'm worried that it sounds like I asked her on a date right okay which obviously it wasn't it, I mean it's, it's, tos- more... it's totally platonic but I'm just worried at the point that I have to where say... do you say it <clears throat> yeah like where do you say it because mm, okay. I've also like recently made friends with Collie mm-hmm. and we went for drinks and she it's is a female Collie yeah yeah and she was talking about her ex-boyfriend or something like that and there's only so many times you can really step around the facts that you can say like sort of gender neutral pronouns yeah and, like, they, blah, blah, blah. I was like I'm just gonna have to like say it because I don't know then it makes it feel like I'm being secretive yeah and so I was like oh yeah and then my ex-girlfriend or something like that yeah. and yeah I always just get worried that mm. then they think that I'm flirting I as uh, as somebody who's been friends with you for a while um I would say that I don't think you're like aggressively like homosexual <laughs> in, in no, I, I mean I say that in like in no way that is supposed to be an insult insult yeah. to anybody but what I mean is I don't think that you just meet somebody and go I'm gay yeah you know? it's not um, like a central part of my personality no I but and so I think that it's like I don't think it's something that you should worry about mm. just like uh, it you shouldn't I shouldn't worry that I have to say I'm straight or yeah mainly straight whatever um but do you get why I worry I get why you worry because like it's natural for females to bond mm. um or female presenting people whatever how, however you want to identify um and it's like if if you also add the aspect that you are gay then you don't want them to think that you are hanging out with them with the intention that maybe it could be something more than that but I think that you just have to be yourself yeah and like they will know like you know when you're flirting and when you're not flirting yeah exactly like I was totally like on flirtatious I mean we just there there wasn't any kind of chemistry like I knew it was just like friendship yeah but nothing about sexuality came up Mm. in the conversation and usually the way that I hint towards my sexuality is by top tip for anyone who wants to talk about the gay without saying it is just mention something about either your partner to your girlfriend or your ex-partner mm-hmm. it's just like a, even like a random sentence of like oh yeah like oh yeah my ex-girlfriend used to live on that road or something just something yeah. like that okay. and then it's kind of said without being said, obviously yeah. said um, but like no conversation came up mm-hmm. where that was relevant okay. so it was like and I, and I don't know I just wasn't thinking about it but she's now invited me to go for dinner at her house right. and she lives alone and I'm just like I'm having yeah. this like worried moment that what if like when we're like having dinner she asked me maybe about what's my love life like just yeah. as friends do and then I have to be like uh I'm actually gay and then it's like we're having dinner in a house and what she thinks that I think this is a date do you know what I mean I, I get what you mean but I think <laughs> maybe that I'm you're, just overthinking I think you're it. really overthinking it because uh, just because me. just because she is 
just because she is female. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, just because she's female, that that doesn't mean that she's going to be one of those arrogant people that's like, true. oh my God, there's a gay person here. They must love me, you know, <laughs> which is, it's often quite a male thing to do, you know, when mm. they find out that another guy is gay um, and then they're like, well, he's going to fancy me. And it's like, get the fuck over yourself. Like, yeah. you know, I've been friends with you for a long time and I've never thought. I've been flirting with you. And I, I knew it. This is no. so bad you've been really building up for this for like 13 years I thought so (laughs) no what I mean is I've never like I'm pretty sure I've known that you were gay for almost all of that time Mm. because you told me about your first relationship with your ex the first ex um many years ago um and (laughs) the first of many many, which I'm sure in future podcasts we will delve into but we're not really going to mention names just also for for the privacy of us and for the privacy of our ex people um ex people that makes it sound like they died no the, the people who we used to <laughs> the see the terminated yeah. um the evicted um i i've never just been like oh yeah cats cat likes women and i'm a woman so therefore she must like I me know. like i've I think, never I that's never crossed common, my mind i think it's a common worry with yeah gay people and actually i don't know if it's with gay men but i have talked to quite a few gay women where with with established friendships i don't have that at all never but with with newer friendships mm-hmm. there's just like that moment that you're unsure of actually how someone's going to react because yeah. there was nothing about her that suggested that she was bigoted or whatever but you just never know yeah. or you never know what that person's thinking so anyway I think it will be fine and I'm, I'm sure it will be fine you go for dinner like, I'm gonna go for dinner I'm gonna say I'm gay yeah. out of nowhere just like she'll be passing you the beans and you'll just be like oh I love I love beans, beans. I'm gay <laughs> yeah. I meant like runner this beans this reminds me of I, I meant like runner beans not like baked beans yeah. Like, no, yeah. like nice green beans I, I, I just like, thought they were baked beans do you like she is Italian do you like green beans I, I, yeah they're I like okay I don't like the outside of green beans sometimes what? I don't the outside isn't that the whole thing <laughs> yeah I don't like the bean <laughs> yeah. I feel like well isn't the bean actually the bean what the itself? tiny little yeah that's the bean well in a runner bean, bean those, stalk. those are tiny is that not a bean stalk um, aren't they called like runner beans or something yeah. like that or like green bean like in, yeah. in the supermarkets and stuff they just call green yeah, beans green bean I like a green bean I do like a green bean but but sometimes the texture of the outside can be really kind of like... No, I get it. They have to be nicely cooked. Sometimes if they're in... Like, I don't mind if they're actually just boiled, mm. but you don't want them don't to want come... Them mu- you don't want them to come mushy. Yeah. But if, if you want them al dente, then they... they yeah. You do still... Yeah, because you don't want it to be, like, tart when you eat one. I think I just have had either, like, too many mushy or tough runner beans. Mm, okay. They're you not my favourite, I won't lie. I prefer sugar snap. I like a sugar snap. Mm, yeah. What about cooked? But I prefer them raw. No. Yeah. Yeah, raw like a crunch. No, dip they're them, already crunchy when you dip, boil them. Dip them in um, hummus. That's disgusting. What? I don't like that. Green is vegetables. a classic. Like you've got the sugar snap peas, you've got the carrot batons, the and carrot batons, the carrot batons, <laughs> and you've got the um, like uh, cucumber and maybe sometimes some peppers with a, with a whole <clears throat> pot of hummus in the middle. Yum yum yum. Okay. Maddie, what you need to understand about me is that I did not like vegetables until maybe like three years ago. Right. I didn't even like cooked vegetables until maybe I was like That's... twenty. 20. Baffling. 21, maybe. How did you survive to your 20s? I ate a lot of meat. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, like Jordan Peterson on the only diet. No. That's well, why you were so good at tennis. Yeah, I was. I was just on pure you were just protein. so much all protein. The time. <laughs> no, I just, growing up, we didn't really, not to drag my mother, she met me well, but we didn't have like a lot of variety of vegetables. Okay. So if we had vegetables, it was like in a stew or just boiled, nothing on it. Like okay. it was just like either boiled carrots or boiled broccoli, mm. potatoes. Like it didn't really expand right. outside of that. Okay. And so when I went to uni, and I want to start eating less meat mm-hmm. I realised if you eat less meat what is left is in a large part of vegetables yeah. and that's not something that I actually liked at all like I didn't like I didn't understand really peppers or I didn't even think I knew what courgette was wow I just like I didn't really know I, I mean aubergine had no idea I love courgettes and aubergines okay so I love these things now I honestly had to teach myself how to love these things mm-hmm. because I just didn't understand that to make these things taste nice sometimes mm. you need a lot of seasoning mm-hmm. and I think I needed that segue time of having a load of seasoning and all these things that mm-hmm. now I can start to enjoy them without kind of like chewing really quickly and then swallowing as quickly as I can. Right, okay. So I think I can enjoy vegetables <laughs> now. You make it sound like a pill that you have <laughs> to like take. Well no, I honestly, seriously I did, I hated the taste of peppers, I hated the taste of all vegetables. Okay, um, and now now, would you say you, I am better? You like vegetables I more? do, I can actually keep it in my mouth. No, good! Time and savour it and yeah. enjoy it and I think it has made me a better cook but it was a journey, seriously yeah. So what you just described there, I'm not at that stage yet. I'm not at the stage of raw. Okay. Raw still makes me want to vomit. Right. So what if when you go so back to, to going to your your yeah. new friend, yes, my new your friend. new friend's house for dinner, what if she um say for a starter or something has some raw vegetables? Sit on it. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I'll say I'm gay and then run yeah, out. That's it. Sorry, I'm too gay to eat this. <laughs> Drop the bomb. Yeah. Didn't you know that gay people don't eat vegetables? Yeah, they actually just blow up if they do that. Um um, I would have to. Would you? Would you be one of those people who politely eats them? <laughs> you could slyly cook them. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just slipped and then fell into there, and now they're on fire. Sorry, but well, the thing is, so what about cucumber? Cucumber, you don't. No, I'm cook. not. I'm not at the stage of cucumber. You don't like cucumber. No, I can't, I can't that get on that yet. Cuc- I so, love cucumber. You say that I can have tzatziki. Tzatziki. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like a dip, isn't it? It's a dip. That it's like a off. yogurt and cucumber dip. I like the yogurt part. Okay, <laughs> and the cucumber. Cucumber is, is hidden within the yogurt. Yeah. Okay. I don't really understand. So you I don't, don't just like, eat cucumber. Don't like watery stuff. What about carrots? I not drink water and then carrots are very crunchy. Yeah. You have to. You have, it's quite a lot of effort for your jaw to eat <laughs> to eat a carrot. I but... already have enough pain yeah. from my teeth at night <laughs> and from all of your projecting that you're mm, trying to do. Exactly. Um. So no, I don't like raw vegetables. Okay. I think it's disgusting. And when I was in Canada on my year abroad, mm-hmm. everyone was eating raw cauliflower. What? And broccoli. I that have. Is disgusting. I have seen people eat raw broccoli before, but I don't think I've ever seen people eat raw cauliflower. It would come in like a platter and you'd have like that ranch sauce yeah. and all that other stuff and it was seriously Ugh. an actual cauliflower. I was disgusted in the pool. That's really weird. Do you know what I do find funny? Like, so you know how there's lo- there's a lot of a push, there's lots of um new kind of vegan and vegetarian alternatives in supermarkets, which is great because I'm pretty I'm pretty much vegetarian. Mm. So, um, like I've, you know, been trying some like new um, different things that they're selling but one of the things so they have this thing uh, I, I couldn't say which supermarket but it's called a cauliflower steak oh my and it's supposed God. to be yes. what they consider to be the alternative of a steak like beef steak it's depressing and it's literally like they just got like the surface they just like cut a chunk of cauliflower and like maybe maybe partially grilled it I'm not really sure or they just haven't and they're like oh add, add some seasoning to this and this is like your 
your your steak and you're like this is not a replacement for steak it honestly looks like a depression meal it looks like someone is like not okay it's so sad like i if you're going to do if if you're going to replace the protein in your meal this is something i it's taken a long time for me to learn but you can't just put a vegetable in the place of say chicken yes you have to actually try and replace the protein with other sources of protein like soy or corn or nuts or cheese if you still eat cheese and things like that like you actually have to like have pro you can't just say instead of chicken i'm gonna have some cauliflower (laughs) one thing that i have also been learning like in the last few years in terms of eating more vegetarian food is that also you almost have to radically change your understanding of how a meal should look Mm. so i think often i try and replace like like what you said like replace the meat with a vegetable main Mm. but the thing is that i think actually a lot of vegetarian meals aren't compatible with having a standalone sort of main that is a vegetable Mm -hmm. like uh, like a cauliflower cauliflower. which which is why you get led to those horror meals yeah (laughs) whereas i think that instead of actually having the sort of two veg meat and trying to replace that with three veg (laughs) two veg and one special veg yeah um you should actually just try and completely change your understanding of how a meal should look Mm -hmm. and instead of having that sort of separation maybe things like i feel like vegetarian food is more compatible with like curries it is yeah or like small tiny like dishes themselves that have their own sort of unique thing going Mm -hmm. on because Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i've I've definitely gotten myself into sort of like looking at cookbooks and seeing a meat dish and then thinking okay maybe i can try and replace that and then just not knowing how yeah i think just trying to completely stray away from that structure of a meal can help vegetarianism meat and two veg is also a very like wartime (laughs) post-wartime kind of way of eating that was was literally what i was growing up on apart from when my dad would cook yeah and we'd have like something a little bit more different Mm. but yeah a lot of my foods growing up was very much carbs like standard very irish very irish yeah very irish lots of potatoes lots of potatoes i do know if we ever have like a roast dinner or any sort of like stew dinner my mom always makes roast potatoes and mash because you need to have both okay wow that's interesting it's a commitment if okay so i i i you know shout out to my mom she was actually always very good with like she's a very she's a good cook and she was always good with like vegetables we i like i always love vegetables um my brother and sister as well like we like because yeah she wouldn't always just do like standard like like yeah sometimes alongside a meal we might have like some peas or something but often she would put the vegetables in it so be like Mm. stews or like um curries or or like bolognese with lots of like vegetables within it or things like that like we've always just like vegetables to me are quite integral to a meal Mm. um potatoes i do love a good potato right if you're saying that in a roast you you'd have mash and roast Mm -hmm. and roast potatoes yeah if you could only pick one which one would you have roast potatoes are the elite potatoes basically mash encased with crisp it's the elite potato now the problem is some people overcook roast potatoes they do and then they become kind of hard hard to get into and then also it's there's and and also when what happens with that is the potato kind of reduces so you bite into it and you've almost just got crust and and nothing inside um that's very disappointing it is difficult to make potato good i have to say yeah but i also agree in terms of putting vegetables into stews because yeah i feel like i need to say that my mom is also a good cook i'm I'm sure i I love i love my mom yeah Mm-hmm. But I loved, especially when she'd make stews and put in. There's nothing better sometimes than a stewed carrot. Yeah, oh, sure. It's so delicious. I like I a stewed like carrot nice and like sweet. Yeah, yeah, I like a stewed That's carrot. That's what I have to sure. say about that. I just yeah. felt like I had to redeem I, my mother. I really like aubergine in like in stew. Like it's oh, a really good. I've never had aubergine stew. I feel in like stews. It yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it doesn't. If you cut chunks mm. of aubergine, like of aubergine, you put it in like a kind of tomatoey based stew. 
Okay. It gives like a re- it kind of like blends slightly with the tomatoes, mm. but has like it's it's just really yeah. That's okay. I I love it. Nice. Only only roast my aubergine. Aubergine <clears throat> is one of those vegetables that actually is can be like good standalone. Like as in um you can go to like Japanese restaurants and things and get um you know get like a whole roasted aubergine and they put miso paste on it and then obviously that's not a main course it but absorbs flavour but really it's well. good alongside like say like a few other dishes yeah. and like there aren't that many other vegetables that you can just have one vegetable true, like true. you wouldn't like just have so you could replace your steak with an yeah, steak you could like you still would be lacking in protein but yeah. you you know um, to be honest people actually in, they say that in terms of western diets um, people actually eat too much protein mm. and like a lot of people who because if you have if you have meat as the basis of all of your meals first of all you shouldn't like say at least in breakfast yeah. you don't need meat no yeah if you're going to then have it for lunch and dinner fine but you definitely shouldn't be having it for three meals a day I was doing that often so what you would have yeah, what would you have for breakfast like bacon wow okay yeah I so I still love it but I, I withhold for and I, what I'm interested is so you said that you know you cut down on, on your meat consumption so did I it was for me it was I mean yeah I basically don't really eat meat and a little bit of fish occasionally um, like I, I, I do I'm, I'm a sucker for a bit of salmon like salmon is yeah. good um, but for me it was it was really if for environmental reasons like I'm not saying that I don't care about the ethics of animal welfare because I do but that what I I was aware of that for a long time and it didn't really put me off the eating of the meat mm. because I thought well my mum likes to buy free range and you know all of these yeah. kinds of things but it was when I was at uni and I was doing my geography degree and I was learning a lot about the environmental impacts of diets on on basically the climate and well in in effect in CO2 emissions and therefore the climate um and I just decided that was quite an easy way for me to reduce my carbon footprint mm. is is that kind of why you did it or it is like a little bit well I think it's, it's a bit of a mix I think I fundamentally don't think it's immoral to eat meat like mm. I don't believe that it's wrong for human beings to eat mm-hmm. animals um I just feel that the way we eat animals is totally unethical and so in a way it is actually kind of about animal welfare but also in terms of how we are in relationship to our food so I feel quite strongly about the fact that when we have that sort of like distance between killing an animal you know preparing it having that sort of relationship with our food I feel like that is so much better than the way that we consume meats from a supermarket Mm -hmm. and so if I like you know went to an area and like (laughs) hunted something Mm -hmm. if that was you know not thinking about the sort of crisis and hunting and things like that then I feel like that would actually I would be ethically okay with that Mm -hmm, I'm mm. just not okay with the mass farming um I think it's wrong on just so many reasons like I I'm not even I am I guess I do care about animal ethics but in a way I'm not like a hardcore sort of like animal activist but I do feel very strongly about that's not the way that anyone should that any animal should treat another animal it just feels very wrong and insane to Mm. me actually um and I think recently I maybe started eating a little bit of meat more again that was not language you know what I mean yeah Um, (laughs) and because I'm teaching in my workplace about (laughs) climate change Mm -hmm. and I think we like looked at like Brazil and how I don't know maybe it was like six percent of beef that we eat, like comes from or no six percent of beef that's exported from Brazil comes from the Amazon rainforest yeah and I was like teaching all these things about how bad this is and then, and then literally that night I went and ate steak and I was like <laughs> what is going on this is just totally a contradiction that I'm living out yeah. so I think for those reasons I've felt more strongly about it again but yeah. I also think you know I think you should be more conscious we should all be more conscious about how we eat 
I think it got to the point where I just wasn't being conscious about eating meat. I mean, I was honestly having like meat three times a day mm. um, without even thinking about whether I actually wanted it. Mm. And a lot of the time I wasn't even really craving it. But I think maybe the way I'd grown up, it was just the assumption that that is what a meal is. And I think that is the same for many people. Like a meal has to have meat in it. And that's the norm. So until you sort of start to break that assumption, mm. then yeah, then I think you can sort of see other ways of Definitely. eating. I think our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, that is absolutely how they were brought up um mm. and it's kind of a, it is a definitely a more recent thing with with the increase in like knowledge about climate and also generally like people wanting to be a bit more in like people wanting to do more interesting things <clears> with food <throat> it has brought on like a quite a good time for being more creative mm. because the thing about taking away meat from a meal forces you to be more creative with what you're making um and for some people that's too much effort and i do see that like i totally acknowledge that say like making a lentil stew seems a lot more like effort than just like whacking a like some chicken in the oven or or something like it's or just like I don't know, putting some steak on a grill. You know, it takes I, time and time and money to be more vegetarian. But it also is it's it's about thinking like how how does how do my lifestyle choices reflect my ideals? That's mm. that's what I've tried to channel. Yeah. I mean that sounds really douchey, but like what I mean is I I want to kind I've always wanted to kind of be a bit more like practice what you preach kind of thing. I can't be there. <laughs> I definitely feel that at the moment. Like yeah, I mean <laughs> maybe so, you're feeling a bit so, like that. So stupid doing that. But like it was especially when I was um, in the Green Society at uni you know I was helping to like improve things around my college that to, to make them more green um, and I felt like I needed to internalize that myself mm-hmm. and I needed to be more green in how I was yeah. just acting like I also I, I say this with the caveat that like I don't think that I am completely environmentally yeah. like friendly like I know there are things that I do that could be better um, one thing that my brother and sister always like to point out is that they think I have too long a shower oh yeah so and 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 that's always been hard for me because I find showers to be a really good self-care time for me Mm. a shower or a bath (laughs) yeah I have been I I now have been like actively trying to have quicker showers um sure that has the same feeling (laughs) have you Um, actually ever like stood out in like pouring rain and just like allowed it to rain not really I really recommend I haven't I've just been like caught in rain and like just been you know I, I wouldn't crazy. say I see rain and think I'm gonna go and stand not, in it not always not always but maybe on a warm day okay and you're just feeling that kind of feel that you need to just like have something lashing at okay. you <laughs> honestly just like go out in the rain like if it's raining really hard and just like let it go all over mm. your face and just like all over your yeah. Would you it's like enjoyable. Get, would you do like get naked in the rain? No, no, just like allow yourself to just get like completely soaked. Okay. But I what I would do if I did that is I would get myself soaked and then I'd come inside, strip off and then have a shower. Yeah. But then you could have a short shower. Yeah, maybe. Because you've already been washed. So I've already <laughs> yeah. been wet. You've been cleansed. <laughs> You well, maybe you felt emotionally cleansed, but you just need eating up. Yeah. So it's more of a functional shower than a mm. I need to grow my thoughts shower. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I do. So I do think that that like showering and you know occasionally things like that are some are something that I could probably do yeah. to reduce my energy usage. But otherwise, I haven't been on an aeroplane in two years. Yeah. Now a lot of that is, that is by because, choice. No, that is partially by choice and partially because of COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, during COVID, obviously things were 
really closed but like since everything's opened up I still haven't been anywhere and I have decided I kind of have made an active decision that I I'm going to just try to not go on as many airplanes basically like in my mm. life um what do you think about the whole sort of I don't know if it's a debate but sort of the question about individual responsibility mm. for reducing emissions because I see like a lot on Twitter there's a lot of the times people saying well we put too much um individual responsibility mm-hmm. on people to be solving the climate crisis where yeah. these three companies for example are mm-hmm. like, like releasing 30% of the CO2 etc things yeah, like that yeah, yeah. do you think that people should feel a personal responsibility to saving the planet or do you think that we should be campaigning um those companies mm-hmm. more than seeing it as a personal responsibility so I'm very much of the view that it needs to be a two-pronged approach mm-hmm. I think it really I think it essentially to make the biggest difference we need to reduce carbon emissions on a global scale and that is generally corporations yeah. um fossil like fossil fuel usage like we need to transition much more quickly to re- mm. into renewable energy um like there are and and um add things like um carbon tax and things like that but ultimately i do also think that it it's part, it's in, it's up to individuals as well mm. because nothing changes if we don't change like society forces change if if society moves towards a trend and, and people individuals being more caring more about the environment mm. that will force policy change yeah because government governments are elected based on what the people want and you can already see like when boris johnson in his recent conservative speech has talked about like how climate change is such a big responsibility for us to tackle and like mm. we've we're failing the planet and all of this and you're like well first of all he, he's only saying it to gain political yeah. like clout basically I don't think he gives a shit Boris Johnson is a piece of crap really? um, for many reasons but I think also what he is jumping on is the bandwagon of people feeling more like they need to be environmentally friendly yeah. so I do think I I also just think it's it's not fair for people to be like hey hey you companies you need to do make all of these changes but I'm still going to do everything yeah, the same I think, I I think that's why I think it needs to be both yeah but I but do, I do God, no, I, no. I was going to say I do agree that sometimes there's too much emphasis placed on individuals yeah. where you know and that that what it does is that's actually that that's companies and that's the capitalist regime for um placing blame on the individuals and it's actually corporations that cause the most damage I also think yeah I agree and I think also think you know the idea that these corporations are faceless is also very harmful to the conversation because they're not just these companies floating outside of the human race yeah. yeah like these companies have a face they're actual they're from like based in certain countries they are run by certain human beings i think part of when it comes to self-responsibilization part of it i think we could also shift it to those people in those companies having mm. their own personal responsibility to the climate mm-hmm. crisis mm-hmm. i also think the problem with the individual responsibility argument is that actually when we say that on a global scale that we should all be cutting down our carbon emissions and we should all be doing this it hides the fact that there is a mass inequality with actually who's consuming mm-hmm. and who is actually driving mm-hmm. this climate crisis because it feels very unfair to like point the finger at someone in a more developed developing country and saying that they need to watch their carbon emissions because it's not that they shouldn't it's just that it's very it's totally uneven mm-hmm. when you look at who's actually releasing oh, and for consuming sure. for sure so yeah what we what i mean they say that there's kind of what 
what you call like a debt, like a kind of carbon mm. debt that like a lot of the develop the developed countries um, in Europe, the US, um, and as we can now see more like China um, and these like upcoming countries, um, they they almost it's it's kind of seeing it as if like they owe a debt to a lot of the developing countries in terms of how how many emissions many emissions I'm not sure if that's right how much emission um, they have emitted in order to get to the level of development that they have reached and that it is unfair to basically hamper the um, efforts that other countries um, are making because to and say like you can't now emit all of this that we emitted in order but but you also um, are like really poor and we're like it, it basically the those arguments about reducing emissions they are they they're completely within the kind of capitalist tenets of keeping the poor poor and the rich rich so i don't believe that what i believe is that targets shouldn't be equal Mm. it has to be based on individual countries you know the idea of like the anthropocene Mm. so i don't know if you ever read i think it's jason moore he's written a couple of books but he's actually posed and said that the idea of the capitalocene i don't know if you have you heard of um yeah i think i yeah it definitely is a term i have come across it's the, something that I'm really interested in because the Anthropocene is like the idea that you know when the age of humans and humans are driving like the biggest driver of change um, mm-hmm. for our climates and our ecosystems um, but the Capitalocene instead actually takes that concept and sees the uneven dynamics mm-hmm. of climate change being driven by humans because it's not right to say that all humans are driving climate change mm-hmm. instead it's actually looking at what economic system mm-hmm. is in place mm-hmm. by humans mm-hmm. that is driving this and I think also really useful because it then helps us to understand that humans are not inherently bad for the environment mm. it's our economic and social system that is yeah. harmful because i think the idea that oh well it's just the anthropocene so those anthrops and um, they just can't take care of the Ooh, environment those pesky humans yeah and so then therefore we're like we're outside of nature and yeah. we can never be part of nature and the only way for nature to survive would be oh. for um humans to not be there whereas actually by saying it's the capitalocene it's it adds a complexity yeah. that make can allow people to understand that it's not humans inherently it's actually yeah. a flaw in the economic political system. Totally agree with you in this. I mean, I completely agree. This, like, this is getting into... We're going to be political. We're getting very political <laughs> here. Sorry. Geography. Sorry for all the people who are listening <laughs> who are like, what are you talking about? Um, no, this, um, I did, like, some... Uh, some stuff in my degree about um, I don't know if Adam and he's called Bruno, Bruno Latour. Latour Bruno what Latour look at him I love it um, and the kind of human nature divide yes, and how and shit. how they're not I love it I fucking love it and honestly <laughs> um, it changed my whole understanding of the world but those of you who haven't um, read any Latour it's basically talking about how we as humans like to distance ourselves from nature and see ourselves as outside of nature when in fact we we as we, we are inherently animals and and we live within the realms of the earth and we are completely embedded within natural systems mm-hmm. and just because we have been manipulating them to our own gain aka capitalism um but even before capitalism like when when you know when we had the feudal system when when we just a human beings are are destructive as a as a kind of race but to see ourselves as outside of nature and separate to nature is really damaging um and so that's something 
something that um, I'm so I'm like super interested in, um, and I did like some essays on that. Though. I did some essays on that. We I'm trying to remember this Australian academic that wrote this really interesting article. So oh. it's basically become like a little geography I know, podcast I today. We can always cut this out, but but we don't I, need to. Like people might to. be interested. Like, Who knows? This is our podcast. Yes. How dare you tell me to cut this out? Um. Oh my god. Her name is not coming to me. I'm so mad at myself. I might have to like search for it very quickly in a second. Anyway, so she's this incredible writer hmm. who writes about similar things about the sort of nature divide and how that is actually like facilitating our climate crisis because um, we don't see ourselves as part of nature and therefore we see it as something to exploit. Mm. Um, but she got, she's Australian and she got death rolled by a crocodile like three times. Sorry, what does that mean? Death rolled? Death rolled. So crocodiles like perform this kind of violent act when they want to kill their prey right. by basically, I'm pretty sure, spinning, grabbing their prey and spinning them so fast. Oh my so gosh. So I guess to maybe stun them. In their mouth? I guess in their mouth. Do they spin them? Yeah, I guess in their mouth and by okay. clutching them and like spinning them. They spin it's, them. It's a death roll. Okay. Yeah. And, and then and then eat them. And then and then them. eats them. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. So they. And this happened to this, this woman. This happened to her. Like in it was like th they did it three times, but wow. um in the same in the same instance. Three different crocodiles. No, no, no. no. I, I said they. It was one. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> they. I don't know. I don't well, know they, the we don't need to give them a gender. <laughs> exactly. Come on, let's roll. Let's. Exactly. So let's not touch binaries. Exactly. Um. But from that experience, she wrote this really interesting essay oh my god I'm gonna have to make you talk because I can actually find her name okay because that'll drive me insane I actually love her and I can't believe I've gotten this but she basically wrote this whole um, essay about how humans see themselves so far out of nature that we could not even see ourselves as prey wow. and so we see ourselves as outside of the food chain such an extent that the yeah. idea that a human being could also be food mm. is so outside of our understanding because mm. we're so separate and above nature yeah. in our sort of like philosophy um, so I thought that's, that's very interesting interesting that is really interesting and it does kind of link to what we're because it like seeing ourselves as part of nature and having like a really good understanding of that I think gives more incentive to be more caring towards nature and to be to and it goes back to what we were talking about about our individual life choices and also like eating less meat and things like that like I agree with you that eating meat is inher it's inherently part of our biology yeah so when people say it's unnatural that's actually incorrect we you know they you can study the human anatomy and you can see that like the way that our digestive system is the way that our teeth are are made in order to consume meats right so to the argument that it's unnatural is incorrect yeah. however i believe that the the mass exploitation of meat in the way that we farm them in the way that we uh, the way that we see them as products for our use and not as just parts of nature that is what i disagree with yeah and also has has in itself contributed majorly to the climate crisis you know the um the methane and co2 um that's produced by farming beef is astronomical yeah which is why i felt so bad when when I you went. then ate your steak <clears throat> yeah because actually we... oh big question though when you had your steak how did you have it oh okay it was really good okay um it was there's like... a right answer for this oh as in how did he have it cooked? it was one of those fancy restaurants that you don't even get to choose what okay um but it was pretty much like me a uh, rare rare good Medium, okay medium that's rare? the correct medium rare medium, medium rare. rare is ideal it was pretty much rare though but i prefer it, it i mean i haven't had meat in a long time but yeah. if i ever had steak if i ever killed my if own cow and was exactly. in relation to yeah. my food and then and then you know if i ever killed my my own food yes um i've never done that but mm -hmm. i would have to have it like on the rare side so like medium rare to rare yeah. i think people who have their meat well done are crazy what are you trying to do like 
for days. It's so chewy. No, I'm sorry. That's just, it's wrong. It's it wrong to eat well done meat. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong to eat meat. Some. It's, yes, it is. But I mean, if you're going to have steak, if you're going to have it well done, why are you even eating it? I know. We've turned into such geographers. Yeah, I know. It's actually um, painful. So did you remember the, lab- the lady's No, part? I can't find um, it. I okay. tried to do some research and I actually kind of believe I've forgotten this because I always know her name, like straight to her that fucking right. right. I'll write it in the That's, little caption yeah, of this. If anybody's interested. I think that this is probably like a good point for us to start wrapping up. Yeah. So today's topics, just that we were, co- we mainly covered meeting a new friend. Yeah. Um, but also, and also we did a lot of geography today. We did a lot of geography. Indiv- <laughs> vegetables. Um, individual choices. A bit of Bruno Latour. We did. Yeah, um, I think next week, just, I think we're going to have a bit more of a focus on friendship. We will. Um, that's going to be the ball, the, that's what the ball, the ball will be in Cat's Court. It will be. Um, and we're going to have a focus on navigating friendships in our 20s. Um, yes. That is going to be the plan for our next episode. It should hopefully be relatable. Which, yeah. Um, I mean, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Yeah. Um, we will, we're not going to be releasing episodes like in a regular fashion. Like it will just We've be. We've got busy lives. We have things to do. Yeah. Um, so like it's not going to be like a standard like every week or anything like that. It will probably be every three to four weeks. Um, we'll let you guys know. I mean, it's it's not as if we have like a big fan base, but like if yeah. you are listening, like thanks for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed it and maybe found it vaguely interesting. Yeah, hopefully that you did find that interesting. Sorry about talking about geography so much, but we were geographers. We we are geographers. You're geographer for life. We will be. We forever are geographers. Yes. And um, we hope that you at least had it gave you some food for thought a a i had to do i had to say it i had to say it um so we're gonna end it here and we will chat to you guys soon bye bye